Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A great gift that we all have as human beings today is the fact that we have life. As I live, one of the most intriguing thoughts that I came across is the reality of being alive. I'm alive this morning. I'm able to think. I am able to feel. I'm able to walk. I'm able to breathe. I am able to observe. I'm able to appreciate. I'm able to love. I'm able to give. I'm also able to have relationships. And without life, I can do none of those things that I am now gathering in memories. And ladies and gentlemen, life is a miracle. It is truly a miracle. And uh, since it is a miracle, it is beyond us. It is from the Lord. It is from our God. If you look at the next slide with me, the Bible says in Acts uh, uh, if you go to the next couple of slides back, these are our texts that we just read. But the Bible says in Acts 17, verse 28, it says, For in him we live and move and have our being. The Bible also says in John 1, 3, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was, what's the next word there? Life. In Jesus Christ, there is life. And the reason why we have life today is, is because our God allows it. The Bible also says, if you go to the next slide, in Job 27, verse 8, For what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he had gained, meaning he had gained the riches, he had gained uh, all the houses, or the cars, or the money. But the Bible says, when God taketh away his soul. You see, God is the one who is controlling whether you live or die. God is the one who allows you to live even this morning. God speaks to a rich man in Luke chapter 12, verse 20. The Bible says, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. You see, God allows our lives to be. Oh, I want you to be encouraged by the fact that he has given you life this morning and that you are able to wake up this morning and to drive and to be here with us. And the reason why is because of the grace of God. It's not because of your control, because of your doing, because of a superior being, our Jehovah God has given you breath to live even today. Oh, that is a great positive thought that we should meditate upon this morning. And I think they might need some assistance here in the front. And, uh, but as we think about how our life is gift from the Lord, we need to make sure we do not waste our lives, but we truly live our days in continual gratitude. And there is another great reality and the thought of the negative, but it is also real as we think about how positive uh, the great truth of living, living a life is, we must also consider the alternative. The alternative is death. Death is coming for all of us. Life is a great gift, but death has, come beca- has become our great curse. In the beginning, there was well, a fall of man, meaning when, fell, when man fell into sin. God says to Adam in Genesis 3.19, I believe it's in the next slide, 
It says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. You see, when Adam and Eve were created, they were sinless people. And they were innocent people. They didn't know what sin was, but they took of the forbidden fruit. As soon as they disobeyed God, sin came into the world. And God said, now you have death coming in your life. You see, before sin, they didn't have any death to fear. But now, since sin had laid upon their lives, now they have death to fear. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, wherefore, as by one man, talking about Adam, sin entered into where? The world. We are in the world today. By one man, by Adam's sin, everyone has now inherited that same sinful nature. That's what the Bible is saying. And death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sin. I think you would all agree that we don't have to teach our little children to behave badly. I think they figure it out on their own. I think they learn how to lie on their own. They become rebellious on their own. You don't take a day or a week and say, now, Johnny, I want you to know this is how you lie. I want you to know this is how you steal. I want you to know this is how you get rebellious with me and, and be argumentative. I think they figure that on their own mind because they are born with a sinful nature. And the sinful nature we have all inherited by one man. His name is Adam. And as we think about Adam, let us think about the fact that we have a wonderful Savior, another person named Jesus Christ. As Adam gave us death, as we inherited death, now in Jesus Christ we could inherit life. Not only life, but eternal life. Because we always wonder, where are we going to go after we die? We always wonder, what's going to happen after I take my last breath? I'm sure many have wondered about that. And many different religious leaders and religious sects have wondered about that. And, and uh, atheists and deists and Muslims and Orthodox and Jew, any religious or non-religious background today, they have all agreed to the fact that there is death coming in their lives and that they need to consider what's going to happen after they die. And I think about some few people who have somewhat uh, uh, lived a life of hate, also maybe a life of religious activities, but in their both of their lives, they always have insecurity concerning their death. I think about Sir Francis Newport, and he was a head of an English infidel club. I mean, anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-everything concerning Christianity. But he said in his last days, You need not to tell me there is no God, for I know there is one, and that I am in his presence. You need not to tell me there is no hell. I feel myself already slipping. Wretches, seize your idle talk about there being hope for me. I know I am lost forever. All that fire, all the insufferable pangs of hell. 
You see, this man who rejected Christ, this man who rejected God all of his life, finally, when death came right in front of his door, he realized that he was wrong. He realized that he had to consider death. He had to consider what is to come after. I think about Gandhi. I'm sure many of you know who Gandhi is. Gandhi and his religious efforts and socialistic uh, policies or politics that he believed in, 15 years before his death, he said, I must tell you, Hinduism satisfies my soul. I find solace in Hagavad and Apanash. And uh, so this man, in every sense, was content with his religious deeds and religious beliefs in Hinduism. However, just before his death, if you go to the next slide, he says, My days are numbered. For the first time in the 50 years of my life, I fear that I have been wrong. All around me is darkness. I am praying for light. Even though he was zealous concerning his religious duties and what he believed in concerning Hinduism, he knew when death came upon his life, he was empty. And that in every sense, he didn't know what was going to happen to his soul. And he was looking for light. Question for you this morning, do you fear death? What kind of last words would you leave behind? Our Savior, Jesus Christ, never feared death. Did you know that? Jesus said in two occasions in the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, saying the Son of Man must suffer many things, and he be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be slain. The Bible says in Luke 24, verse 7, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man, and be crucified. You see, Christ was determined, and his face was set like a flint to head toward death, and he was not in any sense fearful of what is to come, and the reason is because the Bible claims, or he himself claimed, I'm sorry, and verse 22 in that same chapter I just quoted a moment ago, he says, and be raised the third day, and verse 7, and the third day rise again. The reason why Jesus Christ did not fear death going to the cross, because after three days he will rise again. He will conquer death. He will be resurrected. I think about the Bible says in John 11, verse 25. Now, Jesus Christ rose again. Jesus Christ conquered death. What is that to me? Well, because of his resurrection, we could have hope of our eternal life as well. The Bible says in uh, 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 John 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Even though you die, Jesus Christ says, you will live. How? Because in Christ, there is life. There is eternal life. You need Jesus Christ in your life today. Do you fear dead this morning? You don't need to, because there is a person who conquered death. There is a person who could guarantee you eternal life, and he could take you to a place called heaven. I heard about a humorous story on the topic of funeral. Three buddies were discussing death, and one asked the group, what would you like people to say about you at your funeral? Number one, he said, if you go to the next slide, 
He was a great humanitarian who cared about his community, the first person said. And, and that's what I want to hear when I die. Number two, he was a great husband and father who was an example for many to follow. And this is what the second person said. But the third person pondered for a while and he said, look, he's moving. That's what I want to hear. And as we think about what he stated we recognize the fact that, hey, we hope that there is something after for us. There is something beyond our life today. And there is eternal life waiting for us that we could live again. We don't need to fear death. We don't need to fear the torments of hell as the Bible uh, uh, declares. We don't need to fear all that. And But we could have hope and security in the Lord Jesus Christ, and have eternal life as our home. Oh, I want you to be encouraged today that Jesus Christ could offer you this gift. Jesus Christ gives you this gift as free. He doesn't have any strings attached. He has attached himself on the cross already. He had paid the price for he said, it is finished. What is finished? Your sins are finished. Hey, I paid all of your sins. All the sins that mankind have done from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. I have taken all men's sins upon my body and I was crucified. And I bled for your justification because without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission. I'm sure many of you wash your clothes. You don't just wash your clothes with water, but you wash your clothes with what? Detergent or soap. You need that to cleanse all the dirt away. And that's the same kind of analogy and simplicity as we think about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of the blood, without the sacrifice of the blood, there is no covering of sin. There is no removal of sin. That's why Jesus Christ had to die on the cross and that he was crucified. And not only that, he was buried and that he rose again. And you could believe in in him this morning and be saved and never fear death and never wonder where you're going to go. Oh, don't you want that security today? That's a wonderful, wonderful truth. And with this in mind, let me just quickly give you how he lives, and that validates three wonderful factors that we know from the Bible. Number one, salvation. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. You see, our faith does not end at the cross, but continues to the empty tomb and heads toward eternity because Jesus Christ is not in the empty tomb. He is not on the cross, but he has ascended. He is at the right hand of the Father this morning, and he is alive. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And he has preeminence over all things. How did he do that? Because he is alive. He wouldn't have preeminence unless he has conquered death, unless he has ascended up to the Father, unless he has eternal life up in heaven. And I want you to know he is alive forevermore and he'll never die again. And I want you to know that you could have your trust in him and have salvation. That's what we call it from the Bible. Salvation meaning saved from the lake of fire to a place called heaven and be redeemed. What does redeem mean? Redeem meaning bought back. 
You see, sin has sold us into uh, 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 the world and also the destination called the lake of fire. But Jesus Christ paid that ultimate price so that you could be on your way to heaven. And that's salvation, my friend. And he wants you to be saved. He wants you to be saved from the lake of fire to go to a place called heaven. You might say, oh, I have always heard about Jesus since I was young. I've always been in church. Oh, I know who Jesus is. But was there ever a decision where you were born again? Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he knew the Bible very well. He was a Pharisee. He knew the law. He knew the commandments. But when Jesus Christ said, you must be born again, he scratched his head. What are you talking about? How could a man be born again? Would he have to go back to the mother's room? No, Jesus Christ says you must be born of water and also of the Spirit. And he says in John 3, 16, he furthers on explains, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, the message of the gospel, what Jesus Christ did on that cross, that, you, uh, that wonderful news, and you believing in him, that it is a born-again experience. And you need that in your life. Was there a point in your life where you knew that you were a sinner, you knew that you will go to a lake of fire without Christ, and you received him as your personal Savior? Was there a moment like that? Not because you were raised in church, no, my friend. Not because you heard preaching here and there, no, my friend. When you decided and you chose Jesus Christ as your only Savior. And the reason why you fear death even now, even, even though you've been church for a long time, is because you have never have come to that decision. You have never invited Jesus in. You have experienced church a lot, but you never experienced that personal invitation that Jesus Christ has for you. Do you have him in your heart? Do you have him in your life? Oh, Jesus Christ rose again. He is preeminent over all things. And he wants to provide you salvation today. And not only that, I want you to uh, think about the fact, number two, because he lives, we have joy. We have joy. Then also which are fallen asleep in Christ and perish. If this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. You see, we have joy in the fact that we have eternal life waiting for us. And everyone will die. Everyone goes through trials, sorrow, and difficulties. But a group of Christians have joy. Why? Because we know that this is, just, this is not our home. We're just passing through. And thank God we have a wonderful place called heaven waiting for us. And I want you to recognize the fact this morning that you could have joy today. Because Jesus Christ wants to live in your life. He wants you to have hope. When there is no hope. He wants you to have faith when you feel like there is no object of faith. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is here. And he is asking you to receive him as your savior. Now if you're a Christian today, he is telling you, you could have joy because I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. I will be with you all the way through. Oh, be encouraged by that, my friend. Don't fear anything, but fear the fact that maybe you are faithless and you're hopeless. Jesus Christ has not changed, but I think we have changed. 
And let us make sure that we recognize that we could have joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. I think about death once again. How many of you, how many of you are somewhat scared of possums? Raise your hand. I am. I'm scared of possums. And if you go to the next slide, there's a picture of possums, our friendly neighbors, okay? And uh, <clears throat> I remember one day I went to my mom's house. I mean, this little possum was crawling on the kitchen counter. And uh, I mean, I mean, I didn't know it had fingers like that. And uh, it is gross. And it's a large rat, you know. But you would think that this, you know, possum or this creature is very stupid or maybe uh, ignorant of what's going on because you see them on the road dead all the time, right? But I heard that the possums are pretty smart animals. And, uh, and, and you wouldn't think so because you hardly ever see one except when it's dead on the road. But possums, it turns out, are smart and they won't enter a hole if they're just one set of track going into it. They know that there has to some, they know that there's something in there. If there are two sets of tracks, the possum will enter and not be afraid. And he makes sure that there is two holes. And as we think about the possum, he's not fearful to go enter into that hole because in his knowledge, he knows that there's an exit there as well. And as we think about our lives today, hey, we're not fearful of death. If you're in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not fearful of the burial. Why? Because there's an exit there as well. And Jesus Christ is waiting for us. It's just a transition, my friend. There is light on the other side, Jesus Christ. Do you have Christ in your life today? Do you have that joy? I was having Bible study with college students a couple of weeks ago and at Carol's, and, and I, I forget what discussion we had, but I told them, I said, you know, I can't wait to see Jesus Christ. I can't wait to see what he looked like, and I can't wait to see the one who died for my sin, who was buried and rose again for my justification. I want to see him, and I'll get to see him when I die. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Are you saying that you can't wait to die? I mean, in every sense, I want to live my life. I want to see my children raised. I want to see my grandchildren in the future when I get old. But if the time comes, I don't know when the time will come. When the time comes, I will lay down in peace and knowing that Jesus Christ is waiting for me on the other side. I thank God for the promise of our Savior. I have joy today. Do you have that joy this morning? Number three, we have a purpose. I want you to know that because Jesus Christ is alive, we have a purpose now. We can serve him. We can live for him. I think about this verse. I'll just read to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible says in verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not vain in the Lord. You see, what we do for the Lord Jesus Christ, Christians, it is worth it. Why? Because Jesus Christ is alive. He will remember everything that we'll do in his name. Oh, I want you to be encouraged today to recognize that he is alive, and he loves you, and he wants to give you salvation He wants to give you joy, and also he wants to give you purpose again. Don't neglect what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and how he rose again. 
Not only does it help us in salvation so that we could avoid death in the lake of fire, but also helps us to have the right purpose and have the right joy.